Welcome back to Pod Hates Louisa, a podcast where I talk about whatever the hell I want. Today's episode was sparked by an excellent YouTube video that I saw by Elliot Sang, and it was called Out of Time, The Horrors of Adulthood, and he kind of used a Paramore song as a device to explore a lot of ideas that I've been ruminating on for a while now, and today I want to talk about the infantilization of young adults. Specifically, I want to analyze the confluence of factors that has created a sort of Peter Pan syndrome amongst many of my peers, while paradoxically forcing other populations into early adultification. Wow, someone ate the dictionary today. Spoiler alert, it's all capitalism's fault. But you might be surprised at how exactly it all works, so let's get into it. So the precondition for all this, which I think many of us recognize, is that we are currently in a cost of living crisis. And it's fucked up that the term cost of living even has to exist, because I feel like our society shouldn't be structured so that you can die from not having enough money. But you can, because we live in hell, and basically rents are really high, grocery prices are also really high, and wages are really low. And this cost of living crisis contributes to this phenomenon I've noticed, which is that young adults are acting younger for longer and in a teenage mental state for longer. I literally see people calling themselves like a teenage girl in their 20s or a 20-something teenager online all the time. Just a disclaimer, this is not empirically confirmed. This is just my own assessment of the culture. I haven't visited the past personally, so I don't know what young adults or old teenagers were like decades ago, but it seems like they just made a speedier transition from teenagerhood to adulthood or a cleaner transition. Wages were high relative to cost of living and people could become financially independent sooner which meant that they could self-determine and build a life for themselves around their own identity. Historically this was accomplished by doing things like buying a home, starting a family, etc. Of course this idea that becoming financially independent is the mark of adulthood does feed into very individualist ideals which I think are flawed and we should not define our success using normative milestones or stereotyped images of what a good family looks like or what a good home looks like. Those things have to to be individually determined. In addition, we should not shy away from the ideas of sharing resources and mutual aid when life throws a difficult situation at one of our community members. Taking care of each other and treating each other with kindness and generosity will make us all happier in the long run. A strong community makes for strong individuals. We can be individuals and follow our passions while balancing our own needs with those of the communities we inhabit. But capitalism alienates us from each other and makes us see everyone else as a competitor rather than a collaborator. You Unity among the masses is the scariest thing to the upper echelons of the corporate world, and a great way to keep people weak and subservient is by keeping them separate and making them fight for scraps of the value they generate. It's like that one Black Mirror episode, 15 Million Merits, that's one of my absolute faves of all time by the way because I just love Daniel Kaluuya, but also it's a really good episode. Give it a rewatch because our reality is increasingly becoming like that. You are surrounded by screens day in and day out, Daniel Kaluuya's room literally looks like all of the surfaces are made of like iPad or iPhone and you pretty much work all day just to earn merits which you can use to pay for entertainment and sustenance and it's very very hard to get out of this and the people live very very individualist lives they're all trapped in their own kind of little cells made of screens and they find it extremely hard to interact with each other because the entertainment is so much easier for their brains to consume as a substitute for human interaction 
interaction rather than having to put in all the effort. It's extremely upsetting to watch these people interact with each other. It's clear that society is falling apart because they don't know how to talk to each other anymore, and they don't know how to do anything as a community because all they can think about are their extremely limited individual aspirations. So I think the capitalist ideal of individualism is extremely flawed. Having said all that, getting to choose how you spend your time and money and learning to do it responsibly and take good care of yourself is a key part of adulthood in the world we inhabit, and it is hard to choose how you spend your time if you're under external conditions that take away some of your control over your time and your money. It's crucial to have a nuanced understanding of this topic, and I want to make it clear that it is okay to live with family or live somewhere rent-free as an adult. I absolutely think that we should destigmatize living with family or living with friends for free or a subsidized rate because shitting on people for that is just classist, but I do think that everyone should have the option to live on their own if they want to, and no one should be forced to share a living space out of economic necessity. I just think it's harder to figure out who you really are as an adult when you are still living in the same environment where you spent most of your adolescent years and are still subject to a high degree of influence and pressure from your immediate family and perhaps your friends too. You were conscious as a teenager and likely had ideas and conceptions of who you were, but so much can change when you step out into the real world and find yourself in an environment where you don't know anyone and have to fend for yourself for the first time. But I acknowledge that this experience is not universal. In fact, the reverse is true for a lot of people who grew up in poverty or otherwise grew up extremely marginalized. It's common for these people to become adultified or forced to grow up too fast because they're subjected to many of the socioeconomic pressures that adults face earlier in life than adulthood. I can only speak from my own experience and the experience of my peers and the people I am specifically referring to when I talk about this infantilization usually grew up either middle class or wealthy. So obviously, socioeconomic factors play a big role. The cost of living crisis is forcing people to have to stay living at home for longer than they had originally planned, and I think this is kind of keeping people in like a suspended state of childhood or teenagerhood. And I would also be remiss if I didn't bring up the pandemic and how it's affected my generation specifically. I think many of us feel like we lost a year or several years, and as a result, many people feel and act and seem younger than they actually are because they missed out on key social interaction and opportunities to experiment and figure themselves out and make mistakes and learn from them and are just now making up for lost time. And that's a perfect recipe for fully grown adults who are endowed with all the privileges and pressures of adulthood, but who are still stuck in the mindset of teenagers. They don't really think about the long-term implications of their everyday behavior. And as a neuroscience student, I almost wonder if the pandemic actually physically slowed brain development, like specifically the prefrontal cortex. That's the part of your brain that is responsible for higher order executive processing, including thinking about the consequences of your actions. There's like this myth that it like magically stops developing at the age of 25 and before that you're irresponsible and after that you're responsible, but that is obviously a myth. The brain does not work like that. Everyone's development happens on an individual basis and some people just take way longer to acquire a conscience and some don't seem to do it at all. The idea that the pandemic has literally slowed brain development seems plausible because I know that environment can affect gene expression, but it very well might be impossible or it might be too short a time scale. Whatever the case, the kids are not alright. The kids are not even kids. They're adults. And the distinctions between childhood and teenagerhood and adulthood are just getting blurrier and blurrier. Another facet of this is that in general, it feels like people are thinking about getting married and having kids way later in life. And this part is empirically confirmed. Like, according to U.S. Census data, the average 
average age of people giving birth in the U.S. is 30, and that's the highest it's ever been. And of course, not everyone has or wants to have kids, and your life trajectory is valid whether you do or do not. But I do think that this is kind of a proxy for how fast people are growing up, and the fact that these timelines are slowing and becoming stretched out is a sign that people are growing up more slowly these days because the things that help you grow up, like going to college or affording your own rent or buying a house or for some people having kids, are becoming less and less affordable. The kind of financial stability required to support yourself, let alone children, is just so hard to achieve in today's economy. And as I mentioned earlier with the whole Black Mirror 15 million merits thing, capitalism fragments communities and turns people against each other. And that alienation and atomization can also prevent us from personal growth because learning how to interact with other people in mutually beneficial ways and just learning how to effectively communicate in general are crucial life skills and key parts of maturing. But I also think that a factor in the whole higher parental age thing is that culture is just changing and young adults are less interested in parenthood because of environmental circumstances. I think levels of climate nihilism are increasing. That just basically refers to people kind of giving up hope that we can keep the planet habitable for humans and life as we know it. And I think a lot of people just don't consider it ethical to bring children into a world that might be largely uninhabitable within decades, which is also thanks to capitalism, largely because of the control and exploitation of non-renewable resources like oil for profit. I'm deliberately not saying save the planet because I think the planet's gonna be fine, at least until like the sun explodes. Like geologic timescales are way different than timescales for individual species. The earth has been around for a long time, it'll probably be around for a while longer, and who knows, life might take a completely different trajectory, but humans are currently at risk of extinction, and many of the other species we know and love are at risk of extinction as well. So I think it's important to focus on like habitability versus like actually saving the planet. The earth will probably recover from whatever we do to it. It will find some kind of equilibrium again, even if we're gone. But anyway, where was I? Fuck capitalism. I hate it here. Some people also bring up overpopulation as a justification for not having kids, and I'm not sure to what extent I believe that the earth is currently overpopulated, and I think the rhetoric of overpopulation is often weaponized against poor people, especially people in historically disadvantaged countries, but I do think the earth has a carrying capacity for humans, like any environment has a carrying capacity for a given species, and and I think we're probably getting pretty close to it. But I think another big cultural shift is the shift towards hedonism. And having children can be very fulfilling and create very loving relationships if done right. It can be very rewarding, but it requires levels of personal sacrifice that a lot of young people aren't willing to make. They're in the prime of life and they want to enjoy that unhindered by the responsibilities of parenthood. And these days, people are trying to prolong that period of freedom as much as possible. And honestly, I think that's kind of valid. Like, I want to make it abundantly clear that not everyone dreams of parenthood or sees that as an ultimate goal or necessary milestone in life. And I am very pro-nurturing your inner child and maintaining a youthful optimism and daring to actually imagine a better future for ourselves, but we need to be realistic and acquire critical thinking skills, and many people are not doing that because they're in a state of suspended development. Freud would probably have something to say about that. Check out episode 19 if you haven't already. Another dimension of hedonism is that people seek immediate gratification and escape from the capitalist hellscape we inhabit, but they seek it in the creation and consumption of forms of entertainment that don't edify them or build class consciousness or educate them on how they can unite with their peers to make the world a better place. It's just like in 15 Million Merits where everyone works all day, never talks to their co-workers, and then goes home and watches entertainment on their screens alone. And by doing
doing this, people are playing right into the hands of capitalists because not only are the capitalists making money off of their viewers and skimming off the profits or the surplus value generated by workers, but they are also perpetuating the system that is making them rich at the expense of so many. They are selling the idea of the American dream, the new American dream, which seems to be succeeding as an influencer or having some kind of other job that allows you to stay home and make content for all or a majority of the time. The new American dream is successfully monetizing your life, but it's a fucking trap because even if we achieve our individual dreams, we are reproducing and directly contributing to patterns of oppression. The factory worker who had to make the product you're unboxing for TikTok is likely not being treated as well as you are. It's a cycle of the oppressed becoming the oppressor, lured by the idea of achieving wealth without doing any hard work, but also without really contributing any value to society. And that's never going to change unless we find a way to successfully mobilize to break it. Mobilizing and leftist organizing using only the platforms provided to us by our late-stage capitalist overlords is heinously difficult, if not impossible. As the great Audrey Lord said, the master's tools will never dismantle the master's house. We need some kind of leftist nonprofit social media platform that's actually like not corrupt, which we can use to organize. Building something like that requires like a pretty good CS foundation. So people with privilege and power and education need to use that to aid in our collective liberation instead of falling into the trap of replicating patterns of oppression. And that's what I'm trying to do on this podcast. But obviously, I only have the master's tools. I only have Spotify for podcasters. But at least I can get these ideas out there uncensored. And I hope this episode made you think a little bit more deeply about the world we inhabit and importantly, what we can do to change it. Again, the moral of the story is touch grass, talk to your friends, and I will talk to you next week. Louisa Miller out.